0: The hero factor is that special core fundamental that stands some companies apart to achieve true greatness. There's no better time than now to discover and revive your business story. Your origin story begins
1: now. Hey, this this show is monumental. I'm talking about mountain size, huge mountains. We're going to be talking about crazy horse. You've heard of climbing mountains. Today's guests are carving one. Yeah, I said it, carving a mountain. You know anyone? I know people that are doing this. I've known them for most of my life because I grew up just just outside of where they live. Yadviga and Monique Zelkowski are maintaining their family's legacy and preserving history as the co-CEOs of the Crazy Horse Memorial in the Black Hills of South Dakota, the sacred Black Hills, Paha Sapa, as they're known in our part of the country. And so today we talk about the story behind what I call is a 140-year-old startup. And they're in year about 75 right now. And while Crazy Horse is more than just a family business, and while they are both at peace that the carving won't be completed in their lifetimes, get that? They're working on a project where the finished project won't be done in their lifetimes. And it was started by their father and their mother. And let's, oh, it, it's just a great story. Welcome to the Hero Factory, Viga and Monique. Hey, last year we hosted a Hero Club member-only summit at Crazy Horse, which is a value-based organization for all of our CEOs, and all of our members who have never been to the Black Hills were impressed with your story. Carving a mountain is a tall task. Tell us how your family ended up in South Dakota, in the Black Hills.
0: We were all born here in the Black Hills. Dad moved here from Connecticut after he received a letter from Henry, Chief Henry Standing Bear. Because Henry Standing Bear saw Mount Rushmore being carved, and he and Henry wanted the white men to know the red man had great heroes also. That's what he wrote in the letter to Dad in 1939. So Dad came out and met with Henry Standing Bear on Pine Ridge Reservation, thought about it for quite a while, and they wrote back and forth. And then in 1947, Dad moved out here to start the mountain
1: carving. Yeah. And you guys have been a part of it ever since, right?
0: This is home.
1: Yeah, it's, not a, it's, it's a family business, but it's also a mission for you, too, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. It is a mission for the whole family.
1: And so, how do you drive that? I mean, what do you guys think of it in terms of when you say a mission? Like, I, I mean, you got to make payroll, you got to do those, but what's the overall piece of it that drives you more than the money?
2: Well, the purpose of Crazy Horse Memorial is to have an Indian University of North America. In the Indian Museum of North America. So the purpose in carving the mountain is a way to be able to build those facilities here and have the Indian University of North America in the Black Hills and uh, be an asset to the Native American people and have young people go to college here and learn about all the choices there are in life and be able to accomplish many things that they dream about.
1: Uh, that's awesome. Do you employ a lot of Native Americans?
2: We have several Native American people that work with us and are also on our board of
1: directors. Mostly coming from the Lakota tribes, or are there other tribal members uh, from around the world?
2: They're from all over the country, and the university and the museum represent all of North America.
1: Yeah, so not just one tribe, friends.
2: No, several, several nations.
1: Yeah, So, so you guys grew up, not everybody has a national memorial in their backyard, right? Uh, outside the window. I mean, what what was that like, waking up every morning? Did you? I'm, I'm just curious. Did you ever have a – because you guys lived on site. Did you ever have people peeking in your windows sometime and just thinking, oh, you guys are part of the exhibit?
2: <laughs> well, no, we thought – well, I thought, I'm number nine, though, um, that everybody carved a mountain. This isn't different for us. This is just uh, what yeah. we do. So And, uh, yes, we've always had guests in our home ever since uh, I can remember and probably since Vigga can remember him.
1: And yeah, that's that's interesting because I, you know, my father was in the military. I was stationed there at Ellsworth Air Force Base, and I just down the road from Crazy Horse and Custer. And um, and, you know, I went to a different school every single year uh, growing up. And it was rare that. I, and but although sometimes I would go back to a certain city or, or Air Force base from time to time, like Warner Robins or South Dakota, we were stationed there a couple of times. And friends I knew then were would would move to Germany. Then I'd see him in, in Ohio or Columbus or something like that. And I remember I was talking about that life to someone, and then and my wife who went to a one room schoolhouse in Beersford, South Dakota, and then went to one school, stayed on the same property all of her life, and she says, "Yeah, yours yours was a weird life." And I'm going, "No, yours is a weird life." And I what you what you guys you know are telling me it's like, "Hey, what's normal for one person could seem kind of like bizarre or." you know, weird uh, to somebody else. But for you, that was that's home.
2: Yeah, it still is
1: home. Yeah. Yes, it is.
2: But there's a lot more going on. Uh, the university and the young people's lives, over 280 young people's lives have been touched since the university started 10 years ago. There are a lot of moving parts now. It's much bigger and busier than it was when I was littler.
1: Yeah, it has a lot more scale. I mean, you're measuring things with many more zeros at this point.
2: Yes, you know, these are all things that dad and mother talked to us about, described to us. That's the picture that was painted for us when we were young is uh, young people living in dormitories, going to class, doing their studies, playing lacrosse. And um I'd say we're about 30 years from that.
1: Did your mom and dad ever sit down and have conversations with you that you have a different responsibility than most children or most most families? That you know, you're the you you you're sitting here as the as the stewards of this you know this dream. Did you have those kind of conversations? Like, hey, don't don't be screwing around. This is serious stuff. You know, I'm, we're getting you prepared for this.
2: Mother and dad uh, planted a lot of seeds, and a lot of it was what they did, and not just what they said, but what they did and how they did it. And mother was particularly. Thoughtful that these are people's lives that you're dealing with, and that when she started the university ten years ago, it was important that we had the wherewithal to continue down into the future. That you couldn't just start something and not be prepared to carry it on into the future because these were young people's lives.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so, by their actions, even more than their words, is just sticking to it and stay in the course and not be led astray by every little uh, idea that came along. I think their actions showed us that this was very serious and that you are making changes in the world and you stay the course and you can make positive changes.
1: Are there there things that you do now that you you might make a change and you go, I can't do that because mom or dad wouldn't have liked it? Or, you know, that that's like they'd roll over in their grave if they knew you were doing these kinds of things now? Mother always told...
2: Said that uh, dad told her you he can't carve the mountain from the grave. Yeah. Dad, you know, but it is a due day. Like uh, social media is extremely fast. And right. so that is something you can't do it the way you used to do it. And you can't uh, speak to it or address it the way it used to be because it's just so fast. And so no, there's things that you have to do differently because it is a different world. Yeah. But there are the certain fundamental foundation steps that we will not change. And so I don't have to worry about mother and dad rolling over.
1: Are those those are the things kind of carved in stone, so to speak, as a pun here?
0: Right. Never accepting federal money. Mm-hmm. Uh, or billboards stay true to the promise that was made all those years ago and just carry on one day at a time, but with the future always in mind and how it's going to affect somebody else. Yeah. Because you want it to be better than what it is now. When, you, when you're not here, you want it to be better for the next person.
1: That's, that's, so how many of you, how, I can't remember the number of brothers and sisters, how many in the family, your generation?
2: There are 10 of us.
1: 10. and how And how many are working in the business? Around
2: There's four the of them around on site, and uh, four of them live around on site. And um, then three of our the grandchildren, mm-hmm. and then there are a lot of other grandchildren that sometimes come and go that show interest. They're going to have to want to, and they're going to have to have their heart in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. and pull I and mean, pull their weight. I mean, that's part of the.
2: That's not a. It, you've got to do your part. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is always the case. Uh, so um, now you guys have probably pretty much have held about every job there is at the memorial. Is that right?
2: I could say yes, I guess. Uh, I can't say
1: that no. <laughs> Not every job, yeah, yeah. But so what would growing? You know, growing up on the mountain. What? Uh, how did that? How did that shape you? How did that shape you? And. In, 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 in you look at someone else's life or you look at what somebody else's vocation and how does that, ch- how do you view that as different? Do you ever view it that way or do you ever, does it even dawn on you that it's so much different?
2: We just grew up, if there's a job to be done and then you can help get it done or find the right person to do that, that you should just do that. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's whatever needs to be done at the time you should do or find the right person to do it. And that's just the way of life.
1: What? So, thinking about these jobs what was your favorite job before the one you've got now what was the bet the best job you ever had that like man that was like that was awesome if, if Dad or mom would let me do that that would be that's the cool one
2: I love so many of the things around here that I I love them all and so the one you're doing at the time
1: yeah I'm kind of like that in my life too what you know everybody says what's your favorite one I don't know I haven't found it yet because they're all my favorite, right? <laughs> it's like...
2: Well, yeah, we're still looking.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a great life to be able to do all the things that we get to do. And we get to do that simply because that's the way we were brought up. Mm-hmm. You know, to help and to work together and make things that are important be accomplished.
1: So how are you thinking you're... Oh, this is going to be a tough question, but I'm I'm going to ask it. What? what so... I know that you guys are similar in age to me. And as I look at my next phase of where I'm going to be in my life, I look at my legacy with my children. They work with me. How can I help them and what they need to do and how I might prepare them for their next phase of their lives of being their own CEOs, their own leaders, or being the best of whatever they want to do in that next phase of their life? How are you getting your children or the grandchildren? ready for that next phase
2: well the three that work with us you just uh, i think like what mother and dad did you plant the seeds you let them know the, what's available and they're truly going to have to see what crazy horse memorial is and what Clarks heritage is and decide for themselves and the right people will come along and the young people will decide and you can't make somebody do something. Right. And so you can be the best that you can be and be a good role model. They'll choose.
1: Mm-hmm. And it might even be that that's not the right choice, meaning you might have to look elsewhere, right? We can't always say that our children, I'm not saying that's the case, but just the learning piece. And I think you have that same philosophy. We'll, we'll put the right people in the right kinds of jobs regardless. Um, and 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 that's just something you have to think about as part of that process.
2: Crazy Horse Memorial, the foundation, dad set that up as a board of directors many years ago. So the foundation and the family work together. Mm-hmm. It is set up and designed that Crazy Horse will go forward. The right people will come along. It'll be nice that there are family members involved, but it also takes so many other people. And we have a huge family of people that aren't Jolkovskis because we have people here that have heart. And the staff that we work with and the executive management team and the board of directors, I mean, all of these people care about this place as if it's a part of them.
1: I love that. Have heart, which is rooted in the values of what you've got. How, how do you get with with the family business? Sometimes that can be difficult, like um, who's in charge? Who does this? Um, you know. Yeah, you know, it almost goes back to when we were six or seven years old sometimes, you know. Um, how do you guys deal with that? I mean, I've I've seen you in operation, you seem to have a good healthy respect for each other and what you do and what you and, and the way you do it. How do you how do you how do you deal with that with all the family members of who does what and how and who's in charge? Well it's
2: been it was laid out really well then with mother and dad and People just know who does what, and there are guidelines that we follow because the royalties go to the memorial, and we follow those guidelines because we want to be a good service to the foundation. And so those guidelines were set in place as well. Mm -hmm. So there's not much room for argument because we know how it's going to run and
1: how it needs to run. If you do have an argument, how do you resolve it? Hmm.
2: I don't know. I'll have to think about that. (laughs)
1: So, you don't have many, or you don't have many, or
2: no, we no, don't, don't have, have any arguments now. When we were littler, that's a different story. We were wrong, <laughs> How we're many right. arguments did you have?
1: Oh, I had a lot, <laughs> trust me. Sometimes they involve physical harm, I will tell you that as well. With my oh, yeah, yeah, uh, when
2: I... we were younger, there was a lot of mischief, a lot oh. of shenanigans, a lot of wrestling, yeah. But uh, now that you're older and more mature you know you tackle things differently yeah,
0: you
1: talk about good. it yeah. yeah you talk about it so less less wrestling less, less throwing of things less name calling a little bit all that that's good
0: yeah. communications is the most important piece so that's the one thing we need to always remember that that's available and just use it in the proper way
1: yeah so M- M- monique i got a special question for you. you you studied art around the world i mean you were in italy france i mean everywhere and And you're an artist yourself, and I know you've you've got your own pieces as well. How do you use that experience to carve a sculpture of this size? I mean, to me, it's almost not as artistic as it is engineering and certainly geography, you know uh, in terms of uh, what do you geology, Geology, because you really have to know the rocks because those are moving and and shifting and everything else. Uh, they're living, and although most people don't look at it like that, but they're living. That's the way I would describe it. So how do, you, how do you use that experience to carve a sculpture of this size?
2: Well, other people's sculpture, you study it, and you see the shapes and the forms and the undercuts and uh, what's pleasing to the eye. But, you know, this, this sculpture, Dad already did this. Mm-hmm. And so we're copying his sculpture. So you don't have to think too much. You know what it's supposed to look like. There's several of his pieces sitting around different um, scale model sizes. And so all those answers are right in front of you. And so we know what the mountain carving is going to look like. The the work that we have is to pay attention to the geology and the seam lines and the undercuts and what Mother Nature is going to allow you to do with that weight and the dowels that you'll need. So um, traveling around the world and seeing other people's sculpture, that just trains you to look at the piece of sculpture that you're working on to be able to look at it better. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that sculpture, we know what it's going to look like. Dad already did that. And that's our job is to create his fail model up on that mountain.
1: But you're going to make some adjustments to it. I remember talking to you once about um, changing the, maybe the way the arm set and so forth, because just sheer from what he thought Initially, to what it will be in terms of size of holes under the arm and things like that. And can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yes. And uh, dad thought about all of that, but Mm -hmm. dad was making his statues out of Tennessee marble and plaster, you know. And so he was working with that medium, and you could make those overhangs, and you could make Crazy Horse's hand be out in space, and you could have that large hole underneath Crazy Horse's arm. But he's the one who talked about making sure that the rock supported itself. Mm -hmm. And so even though the model on the veranda, the finger sticks out 29 feet, and the hole underneath Crazy Horse's arm is 120 feet, the scale model that he described that we're working from is got horse's mane that supports Crazy Horse's hand and Crazy Horse's arm, and there's rock left underneath the horse's head until we get farther and closer to finish grade and seeing where and when we might need to put dowels in. Mm -hmm. So as you carve the mountain, you'll pay attention to those seam lines. But Dad talked about those changes. He knew that. But when you're an artist and a sculptor, you're going to make the funnest piece you can with the material that you're working
1: with. Right. So that's going to change. You have to innovate, adapt, or Mm -hmm. I would say change, adapt, or die in this case. But we don't want that to happen But uh, with what you're doing. So we
2: we'll, we'll work with the rock that we've got. You mm-hmm. pay attention to those seam lines and where you're making those shapes. And then we'll cross those bridges as we get closer to finish grade in all those areas.
1: You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, I know the story. I'm a huge, huge fan, as you know. But a lot of people sometimes would be critical and that they would say, my God, Crazy Horse, that's not done yet? They've been working on that for years. When are they finally going to finish it? I think that's probably the number one thing people ask you, right? It, it, address that concern by people.
2: What I would like to, what's important about Crazy Horse is the mountain is huge, and it's going to take a lot of years. And Dad thought at first he would carve the mountain, and all, then all the monies that come in from the visitors off the, on the highway and uh, fundraising, those monies would then be funneled into the university. But when mother became in charge and the life was different, this is one of those changes that is different as life evolves. Mother was able to build the university and so and the museums. And so we can now carve the mountain the same time as run a university and have the museum. And so we're actually doing all three promises that were made right now in our lifetime instead of just carving the mountain first and then the university. So Crazy Horse, even though it's taking a longer time, at this time we are accomplishing those three goals of Crazy Horse. And so is it taking a long time? Yes, but we're also accomplishing the university and the museum guidelines. And we don't take government money. And uh, we don't force anyone to come in. And people are here because they want to be, and they believe in the project. And Mm. we're not hurting anyone, and we're keeping our word. So I think it's okay because we're doing what we promised, what dad and mother promised Henry Standing Bear that we would do.
1: You know, I've described it a couple times. I said you're 75 years into a – halfway into a startup. You know, (laughs) so you just got another – Probably another 70 years or whatever it is. I think if you look at it uh, at, at the spectrum, you one, you, no one ever promised it was going to be done by X date, right? It's going to be finished when it's finished.
2: Dad thought it would take him 30 years one time, and I think he regretted saying that. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't yeah. realize how hard it was going to be here mm-hmm. for many reasons. And that it, the fundraising and being able to carve the mountain. It was, and again, it was a lot different back in 1948.
1: Whew, yeah. can only imagine. A lot of people compare it to Mount Rushmore. How much? Let's talk about comparison size. What's the difference in size?
2: Well, we try not to compare it to Mount Rushmore because I love Mount Rushmore too. Yeah. And uh, Dad also felt that if it weren't for guts and borglum carving Mount Rushmore in the Black Hills, he would never have been able to start carving a mountain, a Crazy Horse, yeah. in the Black Hills in that era. Yeah. And um, again, it's a beautiful piece of sculpture. And so, both those entities it opened the door for us to be able to carve this mountain. And uh, but the for size for comparison, the foreheads of Mount Rushmore would fit into Crazy Horse's head and
1: hair. Just a, a massive difference, it's a, a massive difference, and in the sheer scale. I think they had four hundred carvers, and how how many carvers are you using?
2: Well, We have a crew of fourteen right now, and it'll be sixteen in the summer. And we'll grow as we, we've we got to spread out on the mountain because you can't work below each other. And mm-hmm. be fun, hard. And um, I suppose maybe in six years, I'd like to see 26 people up there. Wow. And that doesn't sound like very many, but um, it's enough because you need to take the rock off slowly and you need to carve it correctly and you need to keep everyone safe and you need to keep the safe.
1: You know, you said safe. And I, one of the things I was impressed with talking to you the last time was the the, the emphasis that you put on safety of your team and all the things that you do. Talk about that for a moment.
2: You know, you just have to keep everyone safe. That's all there is to it. Um are human lives and we're a crew and we care about each other and both down in the complex and on the mountain. It's safety first. It mm-hmm. matters. If, it, if we have to go slower to keep everyone safe, so be it. We'll go slower. But we'll get the job done. But everyone will have been safe doing. So that rat matters. It just matters.
1: It does. What's the next big thing for you guys that you're thinking about that you want to? You're putting a stake in the ground to do or get done. That's a kind of a milestone for you.
2: Which for the mountain carving?
1: E- either for the carving or for the school.
2: Well, we're starting a fall
0: program for the school.
1: Oh wow.
2: Yeah, so that's uh, really wonderful. Do you want to talk about it a
0: little bit? Yes, it's uh, going to start this fall. It'll start August thirty first and go till December eighteenth. And it's the same philosophy as we have with the summer classes, except the students will be full time students there. They won't have summer. They won't have jobs or anything. But it's uh, called Wizzy Pond, which means the the heart of the earth. means all things means all things are are in the earth. And the people like that. It's a Lakota word. But when they come to the Black Hills, you can find all the things that you need to live, you know, with a good open heart and everything. And you don't need to uh, be anything but with yourself. No, good with yourself, good with the land, good with the community. Sustainability, Sustainability of, of your life and, and those things that are around you. And that's what's going to be important. It's a leadership uh, certificate that they'll get. It's they're fully, fully credited to the South Dakota State University. Um, so they can take those credits and go to any place that they would like to go, just like they would leave any other university and go. So we're very pleased about it. We'll have 20 students. It's very exciting. It's just one more step in the things and the processes that, you know, Dad and Mom wanted, and, you know, we're just just moving along. And the, the students are excited. We have students that will probably stay for one semester and then go into the next and, and just be here for quite a while and, and learn a little bit more about Crazy Horse and what we do here, too most of all is to help them learn the importance of education, because that's what Henry Standing Bear and, and dad really wanted, was that, that education really is a tool that will get you further in life. And to be able to provide that to those 20 students will make an impact on their life somehow. And it'll be a good one. We just don't always know how. And maybe, maybe we never will. But then again, maybe we will. So you just have to be when you say goodbye to them. All it's hard because you've made special friendships as you worked with them all summer. I'm sure we'll do the same thing in the fall, and uh, we just we're going to get one more class started. We don't know with what university yet, and that'll be in the spring. So the university is growing.
1: Well, hats off to you. I, I, I'm. It's special. It, it's interesting. I I just love your your sense of of duty and stewardship. But also, I love how it's connected to spirit. And the you know the spirit of the mountain, the spirit of the promise, the spirit of values, and the spirit of community that you have. and it's it's to be commended. i You don't see this every often. I, I think what crazy horse and what you're doing there is it was certainly monumental, but it's certainly um it's inspiring. and I want to thank you for being here today on the Hero factor with Jeffrey Hazlett, thank you so much.
2: Thank you back. Thank you.
1: Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about the things I learned. And that was a great interview. It's good to, you know, get that feedback, that values, the you know, the sense of mission. But I'll tell you what, the two things I like, hey, what's normal for some people is weird to others. Okay. So, you know, what's, what do you do in your life or what happened in your life that you would consider to be normal? And other people look at you like, you got to be nuts. You're crazy. Right. All right. There's, and even in business, it's that way. Right. So that's, that's something I think is kind of a cool observation. They live in a mountain. Okay. You know, live in a mountain, you know, it, it, oh, it's amazing. It's just crazy. And then the other one, you got to have heart. I love that. I love having heart. I, if you don't have heart, what's the use of getting up every single day? You know what? And having heart, that could be normal. Let's make that so. All right. Thanks so much for listening. You're talking to Jeffrey Hazel. This has been the Hero Factor on C-Suite Radio.
0: You've been listening to the Hero Factor podcast on C-Suite Radio. Find this and other podcasts like this on C-Suite Radio.